0: The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective.
1: This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at PopInsider.com.
0: Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. Tad Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking.
1: Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the
0: hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part... Are you? Join Weebie Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service
1: guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is a streaming freedom audio bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left.
0: Meanwhile, across
1: town at the home for the mentally deficient. Well, welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. Uh, it's going to be one of those nights. <laughs> Point blank. <laughs> um, it is the dashing duo, Derek and myself, Mike. And we are being joined by, as I think we discovered during pre-show, our very first uh, primetime time. I was trying to think one of the major networks. There we go. Major network, prime time actor. And this is Dwight Turner, or you may know him as Doc on Chicago Fire.
0: Well, thank you so much, guys, for having me on. And that was quite an opening. I love that. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, Chicago, I played Dr. Mayberry on Chicago Fire and uh, really loved working with that show because, you know, coming from L.A. where I had done a huge amount of my work uh to this part of the country and then uh working with Chicago Fire I didn't quite know what to expect and I have to tell you it was a fantastic experience because they worked like clockwork it, it uh, from be- the beginning to end from the casting process all the way to filming in the studio that they have set up there it was all, all done so
1: well so how did you oh, nice how did you get involved with uh Chicago Fire
0: Well, to be honest with you, I probably would not have if it had not been for – so I – I grew up in Kentucky. We can talk
1: about that in a minute because that's Fell, fellow stuff, cause a fellow hillbilly in the house. Exactly. <laughs> very
0: small, very small town. So, um, so you I know, think I, your uh, town was
1: still bigger than the town I grew up in in Kentucky.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Population of oh, 500. You, oh my goodness. Uh, wow. You know, it probably was a little bit smaller. So, <laughs> so, you know, I, I spent uh, uh, the greater part of my uh, professional acting career out in L.A. And uh, my mother has been going through some health issues. I came back to Kentucky. And uh, so I started um, looking at cities that I had not necessarily looked at so much when I was out west. One of those being the Chicago market. And uh, so um, Claire Simon is the casting director for uh, Chicago Fire and uh, most of the Chicago shows. And she Uh, Reached out to my agency and wanted to see me for a guest star role. I was not able to attend that audition, unfortunately, because I had a conflict. And uh, so um, I sent a self-tape. And then what happened was uh, two weeks later, she contacted my agency back again and said, we want to see Dwight for... a a co-star role and my agency called me and they said, Dwight, you are going to Chicago no matter what. No, You're clearing your calendar no matter what because Claire Simon does not call again unless she's interested and she does not call again two weeks later. So I did. I cleared out my uh, uh, calendar and I went to Chicago and uh, auditioned for Dr. Mayberry and booked it. And uh, then I went back to uh, To do the wardrobe fitting, and from there it was on to filming, and it was a great experience working with so I played uh, Yuri Sardarov plays Otis on the show. I played right. his doctor oh, cool. and uh, he was just the nicest guy, really great to work with and um, and overall, I mean just a complete enjoyable experience. I would love to work and i 've done some other projects in Chicago but i 'm always happy to go to Chicago because it 's such it's such a, a, a great city. It's, right. it's a large city, but yet it still has that town sort of feel, that Midwestern sort of feel. It's an interesting, meet in the middle sort of place.
1: I, I almost want to say it's how Orlando should be acting, but doesn't. Because <laughs> Chicago should act like how Orlando does, and Orlando should be acting like how Chicago does. Because Orlando thinks we're bigger than we are, and Chicago thinks they're smaller than they are.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting way to think about it. Um, you know, and a little little tidbit, getting get away from Chicago for a second. Uh, way uh, uh, gosh a number of years ago when uh, when I was uh, in college I did a co-op down in Orlando at Walt Disney World as part of their Walt Disney World College program which was a, a, a fascinating experience I'm so glad that I did it
1: and, and I still can't get you to verify pre or post Orlando Magic <laughs> I'm not narrowing it
0: down <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'll leave you guessing
1: but, uh, but, I was going to yeah, say you know, depending so on all right, maybe maybe he'll slip, Mike. Well, I was gonna say, <laughs> not likely. Not likely. Depending <laughs> so, on what, depending on what it was, maybe I was here working as well when you were here because i because i'm gonna guess i'm i'm older than you
0: okay so
1: uh,
0: (laughs) but but, uh but but you know besides chicago i mean since i've been in this part of the country to give you an idea so one of the things i realized rather quickly in moving back to this area is that you have to be willing to travel, which I love to do. Of course, now we're in the middle of a pandemic, so that can't happen so much. But uh, since we've been since I've been in this part of the country, I mean, I've worked in multiple uh, shows in Chicago. I've worked in New York, um, um, Raleigh, North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia, um, uh, Wichita, Kansas, and back out in uh, California and in Malibu. Uh, So, you know, for someone who loves to travel, I've been to 23 countries in every state in the U.S. except for two. That's actually fun for me. I enjoy it. And uh, it's just so frustrating right now, the situation that we're in with uh, the pandemic and um, not being able to. For me, in particular, not being able to do what I love to do has been uh, frustrating. Because, hey, you know, I've given up vacations because I booked a project, and to me, it was more fun to go work on the project than it was to go on vacation. If that gives you any idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now I'm I'm looking through your IMDb, and mm-hmm. I'm seeing a uh, you had guest starred uh or you had a a. I'm assuming it's a one episode or one segment role on A Thousand Ways to Die. <laughs> Which was such a you great know, show. I wish it was still I, I around.
0: I can tell you, you know, that, that it's, that's so fascinating for so many reasons. And you just never know, you know, sometimes. Uh, um, I went to the audition for that and I just was not happy with my audition whatsoever. Usually, you know, I'm a pretty good judge and I'm pretty, you know, feel happy with what I've done. I right. can't wait from that one just feeling like, oh, and, and I called up a friend and said, well, I definitely didn't book that. And then I booked it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. wow. And and I had no idea what a cult following that show had because I was unfamiliar with the show. And, uh, oh, my gosh, I have to tell you, yeah. I mean, you know, I get recognized for Chicago Fire, but I get recognized for A Thousand Ways to Die quite a bit, much more than you would think. And one of the things I came to realize after a while is, People really like that show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I remember for, I I didn't watch all of it, but I watched a good chunk of it and and just how they built it up with the whole. And here's the story of so-and-so. And and (laughs) at the end, you, you could die twice always ends with the gruesome look of the person's death uh, it's yeah. like, <laughs> well
0: yeah, and what's what's it's really wild. interesting if you think about it is that every single episode was based on a true story, yeah, that was so, the scarier part I know and uh, and so it's 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 unfortunate, but you know usually it seemed like they picked people who were not the nicest people in the world. And for instance, you know, the uh, the episode that I did, I played a guy running a Ponzi scheme who the feds get on to and they come to raid his office. And and he uh, unfortunately meets his demise. And when I a little little tidbit, a little uh When I filmed that day. I started off wanting to give uh, Lenny was the role I was playing. I wanted to give Lenny layers, some layers. And so I, I didn't want to play him so mean right at the beginning. And the director was like, no, Dwight, we want people to hate him right from the start. Because if you give him too much niceness at the beginning, they're going to feel bad when he dies. <laughs> so uh, they, he, he wanted me to hit that that <laughs> nastiness right from the start, so that uh, when Lenny met his demise, people watching were uh, didn't feel, I guess, too sorry for Lenny.
1: It's almost like the director going. Now we actually researched this guy, and he was a total ass. <laughs>
0: uh. <laughs> yes, basically, basically, and the way he died, you know, he um, he was addicted to these boba drinks, and so you know the boba drinks have those little boba balls in. Them. Right. And when uh, when the feds were coming to raid his office, he and it got his secretary, and they were trying to shred all the papers and uh, all the evidence. And he had one of those Buckyball sculptures on his desk, which is those little magnetic balls that stick together.
1: And he got mad and
0: threw it down on the desk. And two of those Buckyballs went into his boba drink. And he drank them, not realizing that he was drinking two of them, of those Buckyballs. Uh And if he had drank one, he would have been fine. But because he drank two and they're magnetic, they... uh, didn't oh, work out wow. so well for him
1: I, I don't it's been a while since i've seen that episode but i almost want to say when he chokes on his balls <laughs> <laughs> but that, that would be the you, type of thing they would have done. <laughs> hey i'm in the so, entertainment industry too so going there's yep. not a problem
0: So, hey, so, you know, I think during uh, during the various interviews that that I've been doing recently, because, you know, during this downtime, uh, I've been taking the opportunity to do a lot of uh, of interviews. And uh, I think you're the first fellow Kentuckian that I have uh, interviewed with. So, um, so, that so could, we'll, I could make this go really well or really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully either way will be entertaining for the audience. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. So,
0: so um, let me uh, let me just tell you that I grew up in Hazard, Kentucky, which was a really small town in southeastern Kentucky. I know you said your town. I'm sorry. Was, did you uh, say Hazard? Well, hazard. Hazard. Yeah. Yes. Go, go it does ahead. Exist. Let's, hear it. Let's hear it. Go ahead. No <laughs> I,
1: I'm, I I'm from Massachusetts, so we have plenty of weird names so, uh, so
0: yeah. yes how's it continue? listen It's a beautiful area, <laughs> yes it is uh surrounded by mountains um a bit isolated um yep. and uh i and I basically grew up talking like this until I was about twelve years old and uh then eventually <laughs> i i knew I knew what I wanted to do eventually, and so I started getting rid of the accent over time but um, I will say that last year, last year was the very first time in my professional career that I was able to utilize my accent that I grew up
1: with. Oh wow, uh, yeah. See, and you grew up, and you grew up on the Appalach- Appalachian side of the state, where I was on the Ozark side of the state. Yes, yes.
0: Oh. You, you had, you had. We had lakes and and rivers, but you guys yeah. have a lot of water out where you are. Yeah. But we had a lot of hills and uh, and uh, oh,
1: just we... tree covered hills. Beautiful. We beautiful we, area. we did too. An interesting way to grow up. Yeah, we did two over on our side. Of course, for us... Uh Uh-oh, are you still there? Did I lose you? I'm still
0: here. Oh, here we go. Yeah, there you came back. I thought I lost you for a second.
1: Nah, probably. But no, I mean, we we had pretty good hills. I mean, we didn't have the mountains like on the east with with the Appalachians, but, I mean, because we had the foothills of the Ozarks before you went up into the, the mountains of the Ozarks. So we were in the foothill region there in western Kentucky, so...
0: You know, it was a very interesting way to grow up. Did it prepare me for <laughs> my future in L.A.? Not at all. No, not in the least. But, uh, but, but I, did, I did enjoy growing up in Kentucky, and I actually enjoyed being back here. Um, but, you know, California is also my home, Southern California, and, uh, and so I still go back and forth a lot. But, uh, you know, when I first moved out there, it was a real culture shock because, you know, it was so different. Of course, now I'm completely used to that. And then it was a reverse culture shock coming back
1: here. (laughs) Do you find yourself uh, uh, when people are making fun of hillbillies or people from Kentucky stepping right up going, hey, that's my people? (laughs) Well, you know, here they are. (laughs) It's
0: like it's like. You know, if it's if it's someone from Kentucky or southeastern Kentucky making fun, then I, I don't feel that bad about it because it's them. But if it's someone from somewhere else and they're making fun, then, you know, it can it, it can sometimes be offensive because they don't really they haven't been there. Right. They have you know, they're just going by stereotypes, which, you know, I mean, there's so many stereotypes everywhere, but there's certainly a stereotype for southeastern Kentucky.
1: I, I found myself someone is said, there I have, I've never noticed one. <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not calling you Zod. Uh. <laughs> well, the, the fun one I have is when people go, "Oh, so you were born in the state of Kentucky? uh. Commonwealth. Thank you very much. Ah, you too, huh? Uh, yeah, it yeah, is a common Yep, yep. As is message and I believe as as is uh, Pennsylvania as well. Uh, I believe so. Yes.
0: Yep. You know, it's just, I I. I Oh no, never mind. Well, no, I'll say it. I, you know, one of the cities that I want to visit. So I've been, I've been to um, Pennsylvania, but I have never been to Philadelphia.
1: Oh, gorgeous town!
0: Yeah, I want to go. I love mm. history, and one yeah. of the one of the reasons you know that I love to travel is I just love seeing um, historical areas of various places around the world, various places of the United States, and uh, experiencing the cultures and the uh, the food and
1: the the squirrels are slowing. Oh, I
0: think I lost you again. Can yeah, you I th-
1: yes, I think the squirrels were sh- slowing down on that turnstile outside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're we're getting a little, little slow. Slow down on the Wi-Fi. That that,
1: that that's a that's a hillbilly joke there.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, right. I,
1: I can. You're my people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, uh, so so so. So I will I will tell you this when I moved from uh, from Kentucky out to L.A. So I just finished college. And I literally moved out there the next month and I knew no one in L.A. at the time. But I and this was when? out with. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so. Uh, yes. So. So. I uh, I moved out with a with a, a guy that was also graduating from from the university, and we had an agreement that no matter what, we would stay for a year and he moved back after a month. Ah, coward. And so, yeah, exactly. So here I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? I don't know anyone here. So but things started to go right. I had some lucky uh, things happen. I ended up moving up to a uh, a guest uh, a room up in a beautiful home up in the Hollywood Hills. I had an amazing view from downtown L.A. all the way to the ocean. And I lived two doors from Bruce Springsteen. Oh, and uh, so from time to time, I could hear him practicing, which was an amazing experience. Um, uh-huh. I became, I started studying with Nina Foch, who is no longer with us, but was oh. an amazing person to study with and, uh, at her magnificent home on Rodeo drive. And one of the actors that I became friends with had a birthday party and I went to his birthday party and a guy came up to me at that birthday party and he said, are you an actor? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, here's my card. I'm your friend's agent. What you call me up, come see me this Wednesday. Let's figure out a time and I'm going to see if I can get you some work. And uh, so I called him up, went to see him on Wednesday. He sent me on my very first professional audition on Friday and I booked it. And It was for a um, a union commercial. And I. I was instantly tapped heart lead into the union. So it was a very lucky, very uh, good way to start. And uh, I just remember at the time thinking, wow, this is all so easy. And of course, you know, you realize after okay. a period of time, well, it's not all that easy. But that was a very good start.
1: What was your first um, non-commercial role that you got? Oh, my gosh. It
0: was uh, – so that was a – film way back there called back cuts and you can see it on imdb and uh so I, and i don't even remember who because this was uh, a while back but someone had told me that you could uh go to usc uh university of southern california one of the top film schools in the world and uh they uh do these student projects and you can go look at the boards down there and see you know, why you might fit now it's all online so but right. then you actually could go down to look at the boards. And, um, and I did that and sent out my uh, headshot resume to, for production and ended up booking that production. And what's really interesting, and I had never really thought about this until just very recently when I was doing another interview. And it, uh, all of a sudden I realized, well, the, so the first role, actual acting role that I ever did um, professionally in L.A. was playing a cop. And then, you know, years later, I've gone on to play, like, all of these lead detective roles. <laughs> so,
1: well, we we can safely say, because it's on IMDb, that was in 1995. <laughs> <And> that's IMDb. <laughs> oh. You're just looking it all up.
0: Um, so... Uh, <laughs> so so, but you know that was an interesting experience, and I've actually I did a number of student projects um, um, before I moved on to working in you know film and film and television. But uh, USC was a great training ground. Like I feel like after working with those projects, like I'm prepared for anything because you know when you work on a, a, a film or a television where everybody knows exactly what they're doing. It's just so easy. It's like work. And you can just concentrate on uh, on being the role, you know, on just being as compared to the student films where sometimes they're trying to, uh, you know, figure out things. But I was so nervous when I filmed that because I'd never done anything like that before professionally or in a, a situation like that. And I didn't know what all of the terms meant and all of the different things that now just come naturally, but it was a real, it was, it was, it was a great way, you know, along with some of the other training that I had uh, to learn my craft.
1: So do you still have a love then for um, independence independence or, or short films, even though you're you're still um, targeting the the larger productions. I mean, is there-
0: well, my 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 preference. So so you know, I work in uh, uh, film, television, voiceover, commercials, and, and stage, and um, and actually you know print as, as well. But uh, but my preference is working in film um because of the the time that you have so when when you work when you're working on a feature film you can play you, uh, usually there's enough time to play and you can even say you know to the director you can say you know do you, can i try this can i you know, and sometimes that might end up in the project even though it's not in the script but uh, that's a little harder with television And and harder uh, with uh, short films because, you know, they've got (laughs) it's a short film. So there's a very uh, specific amount of time to work on the project would I would I work on uh, short films again if it's the right thing yeah and you know uh, I I really appreciate good writing so it, when when I read something and if it really affects me and I feel like I want to become that person right. then you know that's a very very uh, important thing to me and if that happens to be with a uh, short film I would certainly consider it yeah
1: looking through your IMDB I'm seeing you had a Reoccurring role on a series called Bear Tours. <laughs> yes.
0: This Yeah, I was one, wondering
1: about that one.
0: Okay, this was uh, then this was filmed out in LA and this was with a a fascinating group of Japanese actors and uh uh directors and producers and you know I do not speak Japanese and it was a very interesting, um, very interesting number of months working on that project. And we still actually keep in touch. Um, Hide, uh, Hide Toshi, who um, um, stars in the series, he uh, you, you might recognize him from The Office. He, he had a, a role on The Office where he played a doctor. And uh, and then he went on to do this, and it got picked up by Japanese television and was uh, shown on Japanese television. And I remember one time we did a publicity thing where, where there were... Quite a number of um, Japanese uh, that came to to the um, to see us that day, and it was really a fascinating and interesting experience uh, I, I will tell you that one thing that I learned because of a little bit of, of a language barrier was that I had to simplify my email messages because if if and and I think they were doing the same thing because if not it sometimes get a little little confusing. But overall it was a fantastic experience. We had such a good time filming that.
1: I know we talked a little bit about your past. Usually we start off talking about what projects do you you have going on currently. So so let's circle back to where we should have started. And what are you currently working on that you could talk about?
0: Well, um, you know, of course, this has been a really frustrating situation. Uh, The whole pandemic thing has just... Made the year so frustrating, not just for me, not just for my industry but people all around the world and uh, right. and I've had a number of projects that have either been cancelled or postponed uh, and you know there's uh, it, it is what it is um, so there's a, a total of uh, six projects that uh, that were moving forward at the beginning of the year now we'll see. But the, you know, and I also had two situations of completely new things that, uh, uh, well, the very first project that was canceled because of COVID was uh, something that I'd never done before. Now, I have done print modeling, uh, which is like lifestyle modeling for uh, products and for companies, but I have never considered myself or tried to be a a runway model. (laughs) And... uh, And so I was asked to uh, to audition for this runway show at the beginning of the year. I did. And I booked the show. So uh, this was show was going to go up on March 21st. And that was the first thing to fall from uh, covid. And I just remember at the time feeling so frustrated because I was like, wow, okay, here I'm I'm given this opportunity that has never happened before. And I think it'd be an interesting and fun experience. And uh, now it's canceled. So um, there is, <clears throat> excuse me, there is a possibility that it may happen in the fall, but we, we shall see. Uh, there's a slight possibility that that might happen. Um, another thing that I've never done before that is moving forward is a musical. Now I can sing, but I have never done a musical before. I am not trained in that way. And I barely read music. So you would think, you know, well, maybe that's not the uh, best fit, but I can definitely sing. And uh, and so I was asked to audition for this musical by a casting director who who knew me and we had worked together on a pilot with Mike Rowe. Um, uh, You may remember him from Dirty Jobs, uh, the Dirty Jobs guy. And uh, so this pilot oh. still has not been released yet, uh, but, uh, but um, and I don't know when that might happen, but it, uh, I certainly hope it does because they uh, put a good amount of money into it and it looks like it'd be a very good project. Um, so this casting director reached out to me to audition for this musical, and I declined at first. I did not go to the auditions because I just didn't feel like it was the right fit. And then he contacted me and said, why why did you not come to the audition? And uh, and I explained to him what my thoughts were, and he said that he still wanted me to audition. And so I did. I auditioned with him and his um, musical director, and I booked the lead male romantic role. In this musical. So it's been a very interesting experience, to say the least, uh, because of the whole COVID situation, we are not have not been able to rehearse in person. So here I am in a completely new scenario. I'm comfortable with acting, you know, but this is completely new to me. And uh, so I'm looking forward to being able to rehearse more in person. We we did have one rehearsal recently in person, and uh, we're going to be having more. And uh, I just want to do an, an amazing professional job for them. And who knows where this might lead? The composer is uh, from New York, and he currently has a show off-Broadway, not currently running because of COVID. They can't right. have the audiences, but but he has a show off-Broadway. And the uh, writer-director is award-winning, so, uh, so it's got some weight behind it. And uh, stay tuned. It's called A Day at the White House. and As oh, you can pop. probably tell from the, the, the name, there are some political aspects to it. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's a very well-written, so, uh, so stay tuned. We'll see where that goes. Um, we're going to do, by the way, on that a cast album. And then we're going to do a live radio version of it. Oh wow! And then from there, when audiences can come back, we are we will put that up. And then uh, who knows if it could go to New York eventually? That would be fantastic. Um, another thing is uh, I I worked on a teaser for a, uh, a feature film, and that has that feature film has been delayed because of COVID. Of there's a series that um, that I am involved with that stars a very well known star of a couple of other series. Uh, because of the NDA, I can't tell you the specifics of that, but what I can say is if you go to imdb.me forward slash Dwight Turner, that's my IMDb page, and I am listed as rumored for that series. So uh, if you do a little detective. Oh, well, I you saw can probably that. Yeah, I was
1: pretty Would that be, according to IMDb, um, Night's End, starring Kevin Sarbo? Well, I can't tell you. (laughs) Well, it uh... says here he's doing seven episodes, so...
0: (laughs) so... So uh, and then there's a there's a film uh, out in California that we're supposed to be filming out in the deserts of California. That's been uh, postponed. So (laughs) you you can see it's been a frustrating year that uh, at the beginning of this year, honest to goodness, I was just like, this is going to be an amazing year. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, it is what it is
1: now. You have oh, you know, ahead, ahead a, there. absolutely nobody could have predicted <laughs> what a crazy year this would be. Who, whoever, whoever did, they better be collecting that ticket at Vegas because they're making a mint <laughs> right now. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. It's just I, I I can at this point, I'm just looking forward to twenty twenty one. <laughs> Just like forget twenty I,
1: Yeah. Show. See, I I have right. I have odds. I have five hundred dollars down in Vegas for August is rabid, ravaging hedgehogs. <laughs> <What>? I, it's <laughs> well. I figured. Well, uh, with this year, anything is possible.
0: Well, right. he, a not, little, I a little. you're not a too little far away from the possibilities. Yeah, it's been a it's been a wild, crazy <laughs> ride so far.
1: I know, right? Sure. <laughs> Here's a little fun fact. Uh, today today was the, the night we're recording this uh, was supposed to be the opening ceremonies for the Olympics. Oh, that's yes, right. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, you know, some things are are still going to happen. Supposedly, we'll, we shall see, supposedly the Derby. Of course, I'm thinking about that because I'm near Louisville, <sighs> Kentucky. But the Derby is going to happen in the fall with a very limited
1: audience. Yeah. Which is going to feel so mm. weird that it's not in May like it traditionally is that first weekend of May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's one thing. It doesn't matter where I'm at. If I'm not home, I record it so I can watch it when I get home from work. And then you have to block out the news because y- if you don't want to hear it, I do. <laughs> I I go I go on Derby silence on Derby Day. I <laughs> I really do. Or or if I am at work, it's like, oh come on, show's got to end now because it's it's almost it's almost called a post. It's almost called. A, come on, end show. <laughs> Boom. Okay, they're at the post. Now have you? Have Give you me three you minutes. Gone? Have you ever gone? That's it's a dream. Oh, that, that is a major bucket list. I want to go. Oh. I've been by. I've been by Churchill many times. Oh, that doesn't count. I know. So uh, I, wa- you- I got. I want to go see a race. <laughs> you have to make it happen in the coming years. <laughs> I, I want to go to
0: a race. You'll, you know, it is a fascinating experience. It truly is, and yeah. uh, and it's one of those things that I think you know people should do once because it is such a fascinating experience. And uh, you know, it's it's like there are various experiences where they, you know, you want them on your bucket list and want to do them at least once. And and uh, well, you know, sometimes they can be completely amazing. Like when I went to Comic Con for one of the films that I did. I mean, that was just such uh, a, a fascinating. And I know you guys will appreciate that, right? Yeah. Comic Con, San Diego. Oh yeah, which yeah.
1: this this weekend that's, was. That's one of my. Yeah. This weekend was supposed to be Comic Con. It was oh, supposed yeah. to start on Wednesday. Have, They've been doing Comic Con from yeah, home though. Yes.
0: So what happened to me, I had I had never been to Comic-Con before, and I didn't really know a huge amount about it. And uh, I did, you know, back when I was doing uh, these student films, um, so I did student films with uh, USC, Loyola, Chapman, um, uh, UCLA, and I did one for CSUN, which is <clears throat> Cal State Northridge. And that, they have a, a uh, nice film school. But it's, I mean, let's face it, UCLA is like right. top in the world. So the, the others that I named are like ma- majors. Um, Northridge has a nice program. Um, I did this film called Outsourcery about a sorcerer that gets outsourced. <laughs> And uh, I played the mean boss that outsources them. So, uh, <laughs> And it, I know from what we've been talking about, it sounds like I played these mean characters, but I do. You know, some of them are mean. Some of them are nice. It just depends. Like, Dr. Mayberry was a very nice character. But I just got to ask real spell. quick,
1: how old were you <laughs> when you first started playing these mean characters and what year was that? <laughs> I don't recall.
0: So. <laughs> so I, I did this film out sorcery uh, with these undergrad students, and it ended up premiering at Comic Con, and we did a panel at Comic Con, and it was nominated a uh, uh, best humor film. This was in 2011, and uh, and it's going the it was wrong direction. It was a complete <laughs> shock because. It was just so unexpected, and they VIP'd me for the entire week. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, and I went uh, to Comic-Con, mm. and by the end of it all, and attending all the parties and all the stuff that was happening, I was exhausted, but it was an unforgettable experience.
1: It was so much fun. And, and you thought moving to L.A. was culture shock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. I will say you're not too far off from the truth because, it, yes, moving to L.A. from Kentucky was a culture shock moving back to Kentucky from LA. Was a reverse culture shock going to Comic Con and not really knowing what I was getting myself into. You can was a sm- culture shock, and you can smell that culture shock. <laughs> <laughs> people, people can only really understand if they attended Comic Con. It's it's <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's an experience
1: like no other. Yeah. That's on the bucket list for us for sure. Uh, oh neither yeah, it, of us, yeah. have neither been. Yeah, it's
0: but, uh, and the, and go to the one in san diego because i you know i've talked to people who've attended some of the others but have also attended san diego and they're like every single person is like nothing compares to san diego
1: um i want to say i haven't been to it but from what i've been reading slowly new york comic-con is put is making its, its way up. it's making its way up all right so that's now, you talked about doing some voice acting as yes. well, and I read on your IMDb that you are one of the few people to have played the Green Lantern. That is correct. I was going to mention so that, I, yeah. Sorry, yes, dark. I, I I was Green Lantern for
0: uh, Six Flags, and... It was it was a fascinating experience, and you who doesn't want to play a superhero seriously? Right. I mean, it's it's and to get to you know to get to use that baritone in the voice and do that you know is so much ah, fun. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and
1: so so I, which Green Lantern were you the the traditional Hal Jordan
0: or yes I was okay. I was the traditional Green Lantern and. Um, and so this was for a, a show at Six Flags. And um, at the time, it was one of the most advanced uh, yeah. and uh, costly uh, shows that had been done like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did not get to see the show in person, but I do have uh, tape of the show. And, uh, and you can also find it online but i had friends though who did see the show and they were like it was the most it was the most fascinating thing ever because this uh mm-hmm. stud guy would come out dressed as green lantern and he would be doing all this stuff and then every once in a while he would talk <laughs> but it would be your voice <laughs>
1: but this this is one of those stage shows that whichever Six Flags had a stunt show that was the stunt show for a couple years
0: exactly this ran for a number of years it was uh, Six Flags Fiesta Texas
1: okay Hmm. I want to say Six Flags over Texas and Dallas had it as well maybe Maybe. um, but I know I know it played at a couple couple of them oh cool because Six Flags cool. Six Flags has that habit, especially with the the Warner Brothers contract, that if, if there's a if they have a stunt show, it's gonna be almost the same stunt show. Maybe name change right, slightly, yeah. but it's essentially the same show from park to park.
0: Wait, does this mean I should have gotten more pay?
1: <laughs> well, it is well. it is Six Flags, so I mean it's not Disney. <laughs> Heck, it's not Sea World, <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh, but it, what, that was a that was a fun project to do, and you know, doing voiceover can be a lot of fun because you don't have to worry about hair, you don't have to worry about makeup, you uh, uh, just go into the That's studio. What
1: everybody says, yeah, and uh, it's just like doing this podcast tonight. We're all sitting here in our underwear.
0: <laughs> exactly, um. the audience, I can see them. <laughs> so (laughs) so so um oh yeah about that particular project usually when I'm, i'm i do voiceover i'm in the booth all by myself but in that particular instance there were periods of that where i was in the booth by myself but there were also periods where they brought um all of us in together and we did some group stuff and that was an interesting and fun experience because that doesn't happen a lot in uh in voiceover it's usually you in the mic and uh and and it was that was also enjoyable uh because you know I've had various things happen in my career where uh you know you, you meet someone and then like 2 years later something happens from it and it's just uh, one of those unexpected things but always welcome And uh, in this instance, um, I ended up getting that uh, project because of a friend of mine and uh, and through him getting to meet the people involved with uh, with casting that project. So you just never know in this industry. And and. and, you know, it's it's a very nonlinear industry. Like, two and two does not always equal four as compared to other industries, like, you know, learning to become a doctor or something like that. But that's
1: it's so be- it's much fun. Of, that's because of Common Core. Right. That's she- because of what? Common Core. It, tell me about that. Having my daughter, uh, 10, there's been this thing out there in education. Like, we grew up, two plus two equals four. You put oh, one two no, on top of you're the other about two. Now. It's yes, four. My, now nep- it's- my
0: nephew showed me this, and I looked at it, and I was like, "What?"
1: Yeah, now it's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Do you, you have to solve two plus two equals four, and you have to do it in okay. seven steps?"
0: say so, what? Oh yeah, this, this is what. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little yeah, yeah, yeah. bit a little something interesting. Math is my worst subject, and guess what I did for a number of years? Math teacher, accountant. No, I was, I did payroll for Warner Brothers Studios.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, so we're, we're still waiting on have, our check here. Yeah. Okay, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: yeah Here you have someone who, I mean, that's my worst subject. And I was doing payroll for a major (laughs) studio. Now, I went on uh, um, some years later to actually do uh, online production for Warner Brothers. And that was more oriented towards me. Uh, The only, I mean, it was a fantastic experience. um, And I I oversaw a number of online shows uh, for them. But the only downside to that was that I was not able to pursue my acting during that time. And, you know, that's unfortunate, but I made a choice. And uh, eventually I realized that I really, really miss the acting. And that's all I do now. I absolutely love it
1: awesome Derek you got any other questions oh no oh, now that you took the Green Lantern thing away from me <laughs> no <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm just kidding I'm just kidding oh that's the way um, that's the way the Lantern Ring powers down yeah <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> Well thank
0: you guys. I have to say this has been this has been fun. And uh and uh yeah, you've now, been a lot of fun too. Yeah, now I just uh I I I would I like hope someday to hear that the two of you went to Comic-Con and attended Comic-Con and, and uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. It
1: it may be happening. Well, if it ever happens. <laughs> well, it'll happen. It's just a matter of when. Because and Derek I'll fill you in on that later. We talked about it briefly before. Just so just make it happen.
0: Oh, and let me tell you, let me tell you this. If anyone uh, so wants to reach out to me, you can find me on DwightTurner.com and, uh, and take take my final question away. Oh, how do, how do we, how do we look (laughs) up? How do we find you? Well, so there's exactly there's there's DwightTurner.com. And, uh, if anybody out there starting out in the industry or anything has any questions, there's a way to contact me on there. I'm happy to, uh, to, uh, give you any advice that I can. And uh, and you can also find my official you know IMDb information at imdb.me forward slash Dwight Turner. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at actor Dwight Turner. Um, I'm also on there as Dwight Turner, but that's my personal page. And I used to accept, you know, uh, people on there, uh, but I can't anymore. I've reached the limit. Facebook limits us to five, you yeah. have more than that, and, which is crazy, unfortunate. Yeah. And I, you know, and then I feel guilty because then I have to kick people off to bring more people on. <laughs> and, um, and Twitter, uh, actor Dwight, Instagram, actor Dwight Turner and LinkedIn actor Dwight Turner, but wow. the, uh, Dwight is, is the best place to go to find out what's yeah. happening with me, what might be coming up and, uh, to see clips
1: and, um, awesome. Well, we will make sure because you had emailed us your links we will make sure we get those in the show notes for sure. Except yeah. for your personal Facebook, since you're at your limit. So well, I
0: have to tell you, I you see this, but the W's awesome because I'm seeing the uh, Star Wars Death Star. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: Uh-oh, we, did I lose one of you?
1: No, I think nope. we're still here. Yeah, we, we also do a Star Wars podcast as well, together with a, another yeah. John. Ah, so, yeah, that. we're we're lucky enough to see each other twice there a week. Gary's back. So, so I think we're having a little trouble with our connection. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 definitely the storms that are out there since we're all east coast. Oh,
0: you guys have storms going over.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's all that oh, yeah. all that crap in between us. Ah. But yeah, we're 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 both Star Wars fans and run uh, a show called Wookiee Radio as well. Oh, I love that. Wookiee so. Radio. So you have to come over and get your fix. Cause I promise you. I, I promise you. It, the best way to describe Wookie Radio. It's a tra- I mean, No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- thank you for joining us. I, we had a blast. Well, thanks. I'm I'm
0: glad. Yeah. And uh, and and it was a fun experience and you know you you guys you guys like science fiction and who knows one day i might uh i might uh, have the opportunity to do a, a fun science fiction project i'd love that because Wait. I personally like science fiction myself.
1: Well, we have excellent. We have a gentleman who's been a guest on the show twice, who's also a listener to the show. He knows who he is, and he's got some great <laughs> science fiction projects. Uh, he's an independent filmmaker, but he's got some major sci fi projects as well that you, I would say, oh, you'd probably uh, be perfect for. You know who I'm talking about. Reach out. Yeah. Reach out. Well, well I'll, I'll see if I can connect you to on Twitter. That'd be fantastic. Thank you. So, so we, we did it with uh, another friend of ours and well, a couple of friends of ours. through Instagram uh, connected them together Um, we're we're good friends with an actress by the name of Tracy Burtzall and I think she's the first uh, three-time guest on the show and we hooked her up Mm. we introduced her to another former guest of the show named Stephanie Bloom who who does some sci who has done some sci-fi work it's like perfect that's she does a lot of sci-fi films she's got an independent film called uh, Rogue Warrior that's absolutely amazing absolutely Mm. amazing now
0: does that have any connection with the star wars universe no
1: mm. no nope. just happens to be some coincidence that ships in the mandalorian happen to look like ships in rogue warrior and rogue warrior was out before the mandalorian was out oh. but no but no the know, whole thing yeah yeah but the the create the creator of rogue warrior he's not upset That they they did it. He's flattered because it gets to the point. How many? It's it's like music. How how can you not do a song that that doesn't sound like another song? Yeah, anymore. I mean, there's only so many ways you could put those notes together. That's true. It's true. Well, thank you for joining us. We had a blast. Absolutely.
0: Well, good. I'm glad I did as well. And thank you so once again for having me on the show. And uh, you guys have a great rest of your evening. And let's hope that we get past this pandemic soon. Definitely.
1: Yes. And I I think just because of the fun we had, I'm going to call this episode "Carnival Age Guests with Dwight Turner.
0: <laughs> it fits <Yeah>. it fits
1: <laughs> people are going to look at this and go what right. and then they're going to listen to the show and realize the <laughs> ongoing joke we had with it alright <laughs> alright see you guys we, we cannot break you we will try again uh, at, definitely we will try it again itself. in the future alright I'll be back <laughs> thank you again uh, bye bye hi geeksters i'm kylan and i'm ken and we're geek watch one are you interested in tv movies comics games and conventions everything from trek to wars marvel to dc D &D, to wow whovians to the hulksters then your search is over we are the geeks you're looking for Geek Watch 1 is available at calenandken.podbean.com You can also listen, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Just look for Geek Watch 1. And you can interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Calen and Ken. And remember, no matter where you go, there you are. and uh welcome back we're gonna say thank you again to to dwight for coming on that was a fun interview even with our uh, even with our ongoing joke to get him to see if we could break him to tell us his (laughs) his age i'm glad he he have seemed like he had fun with that as well it wasn't taking us too serious about it yeah (laughs) he was good too yeah at dodging it (laughs) oh yeah he was I think he's, I think he's might've been asked that one or once or twice before. Mm. So, um, before we get any further, I'm going to say, Hey, check out the homepage, uh, Check out our web store where you could buy sweatshirts, hats, t-shirts, uh, check out our partners at Biddy Boomer, uh, use the code Geeks for 15% off your, your purchases. Um, Hulk Biddy Boomer's on pre-order. It looks sweet. Nice. it looks see uh also to check out heroes and villains they got some new stuff out they got a new rebel scum line or they've added to the rebel scum line that looks amazing um also too as you heard at the top of the show we are the proud podcast partners of we are the proud podcast partner of the pop insider Uh, as is Mighty Marvel Geeks, Wookiee Radio, Keepers of the Fringe, New England Society Geeks, and Geek Watch 1, and soon, DC Superpowers Podcast and Adventures in Geek. So we're going to have, what, eight shows highlighted each week from them at... At most eight shows. Yep. So um, yeah. that that's uh that's a good thing. Mm. Um we 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 are happy to have been with them. Uh at the time of recording they really they released the eleventh weekly roundup. We've been with them eleven weeks. <laughs> it's great. Never realized. Really? It's, yeah, and I was told wow. I was told we are one of the top three stories every Friday when it drops. Nice. So we are we are we are honored to be able to help provide additional content to them that uh, that they that they don't get. So because it's all about the pop culture. And speaking of Pop Insider, um, we've talked about the, the the fan first Friday, right? Mm-hmm. The and there was the GI Joe fan first Friday oh, yeah, release. Well, mm-hmm. apparently. The G.I. Joe Classified Series, which is the 6-inch line. They're going to Cobra Island. Uh, so, the Special Missions, hmm. Cobra Island is a new sub-line in the G.I. Joe Classified Series of the 6-inch figures. Um the new, the surprise debut of the new collection at Target comes a week after Walmart opened pre-orders for the first wave of the Retro series, which look great. Um, mm. As much as I would like to get the Retro series, I and I don't get me wrong, I still like the three and three quarter inch stuff. But I, I'm even with Star Wars, I still love the three and three quarter inch. But I'm almost becoming the six inch figure guy. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. I don't either. Uh, no, I, the six the six inches are cool and all, but I don't know. I still I will always have a a love a special love for my three and three quarter inch figures. Now, if I could find the classic Kenner figures, yeah, if I could mm. find some of the original GI Joe figures, yeah, I'd do that too. But with some of the newer stuff, um, if it's one that I know I'm gonna have loose, then I'm gonna I'm gonna let it breathe and pull off the packaging. That's one thing. Um, the nice one of the nice things that I like with uh. With the six inch, is the boxes are set up where you can open up the box, take the figure out, and not destroy the box like you would with a normal card. And I think that's one of the things that's frustrating me a little with the uh, like the Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary black series is they're on the vintage card style. Mm. I'm like I want I want to keep the card, but I want to take the figure out, and it's going to ruin it. But I don't really have that much care for packaging, so I'm fine with it. Um, I've got some older Star Wars figures from the Clone Wars and the prequel era that I'm about to go. Okay, the plastic is yellowing. I'm just gonna be taking it out of the package for display mm-hmm. because I don't unless it's you know because most of the stuff I have there's nothing major there that's gonna anything that I might have had that would have been some value the there's a, a da- there's damage on the package of some sort mm-hmm. but the figure's okay so I'm like yeah no for me I don't I don't collect anything for value I just collect sentimental value that, so that, I'm, that's where that's where I'm getting for myself. Mm. Yeah, I gave up. I gave up on trying to collect things for monetary value a long time ago. Yeah, became too much of a pain. And and there, and and kudos to all you who who do buy every single Star Wars ship figure, Mm. whatever. And all you do is you grab them, take a picture of them for documentation, and either put them on the wall or slide them in the bookcase or whatever. I mean, I've seen everything. Um, I can't do that. I mean, I may be that way with the comics, but with, with the with the toys and the, the other stuff, I can't do that. I I pick up what draws my attention. Mm, me too, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you look at my wall, I've got some astromechs that were bought at Disney that are still on their cards. And I have them on the wall. I have a Dr. Aphra on the wall. I have an R2KT on the wall. Uh, I have my twos. Uh, Stitch characters on the wall. Uh, I need to get... There's a third one I'm missing. Actually, there's two I'm missing. There's a variant Yoda and a General Grievous that's done by... Where it's Stitch as Grievous or Stitch as prequel Yoda that I don't have. But I do have the Emperor... I have the OT Stitch, Stitch as OT Emperor and Stitch as OT Yoda. Um but I love I love Astromex. That that Astromax and Wookiees are, are definitely something. And then did you see that did we talk about last week the uh, 501st three pack with Echo Fives and Jesse? No. <gasps> there is an there's a Hasbro. It's a it's a five hundred first three pack, and I just hmm. of Arc Troopers, and it's Jesse Fives and Echo in their Arc Trooper armor. Is there the they're the like the three remaining survivors from the recruit class? You well, know, from the episode of Recruits, I think right. that was that season two when that aired. Are you that? I'll let far you know in? when I get to it. <laughs> okay i think it's i haven't it's, gotten that far yet it's either season two or season three um anyway they did those three in their arc trooper armor with the fight i'm like you know i got rex i got a few other clone command arc troopers um whatnot maybe that's a new display i may do mm. so i i'm considering that um i'm seriously considering that but a good chunk of my my black series figures i have on display um I only have a couple that are in a box, that are still in the box. That's my Afro, my R two, my original R two. I think it's the uh, I think it's the first R two in the red line. I have to look. It's not the blue line. Maybe it is the blue line. Is it, a, is it a red or orange? Um, actually, it may be the orange. <laughs> so, now. You sound like you're describing subway stations. Well, there's three different lines in the black series prior to what the new packaging is. There was a blue line, an orange line, and a red line. And basically, it was a black box, and the sides and the front striping was either a blue, orange, or red. See, all of that gets to be too much for me. I don't. Right. I never pay attention to any of that. But I just. But for me. I see what I like and pick it up. But you know me. I love Afra. I love that trio Afra, BT, and Trips. I'm missing Trips. I believe you mentioned that, yeah. I have, I'm missing Trips from the Black Series. But I'm, a, again, astromech fan, so I have R2. I missed out on R5. They've done some others in Black Series, and I've missed out on those. Uh, it's just like uh, Target did, is going to be carrying some stuff of Galaxy's Edge. Like a Galaxy's Edge Millennium Falcon that comes with Hondo and Chewy and a bunch of Porks, hmm. selling for four hundred bucks, wow. it's it's sold out within three hours on Target when it was hmm. pre-order. But they have wow. a they have a they have a um, Black Series DJ Rex, which at Disney you can only get them in a four pack, or well, it's an individual pack. I would love to get it so I can have it separate. All right. It's sold out at the moment. And Mm. because of what it is, it's instead of the normal twenty bucks, it's twenty-five bucks. Still worth it. Uh for those who don't know, DJ Rex is actually (laughs) Rex the pilot from the original Star Tours. Oh right. Well, in Galaxy's Edge, whatever ship he was on crashed. Um, the owner of the Droid Depot refurbished him for Oga, the Cantina owner and turned him into a DJ for the cantina. So, like, okay. Anyway, getting back to the G.I. Joe. <laughs> um, so, the yeah, new line, special missions, Cobra Island. It's a new subline. Um, and it comes with the individual figures include Cobra Island versions of Roadblock. So now we got two Roadblocks out there. Mm-hmm. A Cobra Trooper. Very cool. Which, I'm looking at this, and it almost looks like, since he doesn't have the helmet on, the Cobra Trooper almost looks like a beachhead sculpt. But it's a slight, it, yeah, it almost looks like yeah, beachhead. It be. It's hard to say for sure, but and look, can't. And it looks like the the vests are possibly removable. Mm. So I think if we took the vest off and you take the, the side holsters off the legs of beachhead, it's the same figure. Because that head sculpt looks almost identical, dude. Hard to tell. Yeah. But we're getting uh so we're getting Beachhead for the first time and we're getting yes. a Cobra Trooper for the first time. And this Cobra Trooper looks amazing. Mm. I still want the three Cobra Commanders though. Oh my yeah. god, that stuff looks the three the Supreme Serpent Supreme Cobra Commander and the other two Cobra Commanders look amazing. <laughs> They I really should have jumped on all of all of this earlier. I thought it, I didn't realize how well expensive it would end up getting. You, you can. I think you could still order some of it through uh, Hasbro Pulse. Yeah, you can, but some of them are higher in price now, unfortunately. Even on Pulse, because the Cobra Commanders, uh, I think, are twenty five bucks each. Because I think they're exclusive to Pulse. Yeah, but the other stuff, there's the. I want all of them. Well, the Supreme Man. Cobra Commander, the Snake Supreme, Serpent Supreme Cobra Commander is in a gorgeous packaging box, which would be a heartbreak to pull them out of the box. <laughs> um, but, but you, you have the still... you have the right display. You leave them in the box, put the other two Cobra Commanders with the box open and you can you can do a nice look. Um, anyway, on top of that, additionally, bare, you, we get Baroness with a Cobra coil, which is the motorcycle. Yeah. Which marks cool. the f- introduction of vehicles into the six inch G.I. Joe line. Mm hmm. So, so that's the other thing with the three and three quarter inch. You can do the vehicles more than, like, there's no way they're going to do all the cool vehicles for the six inch. Right. Well, inch. as we talked about last week with the retro line, the All Striker and the His Tank mm-hmm so uh i'm waiting for shipwreck in in either series i want shipwreck i'm sure he's coming i'm sure he's coming at some point um there were a few others that i liked um oh who are some of my other favorites i loved clutch yeah, of course he he drove no. the van. Um I used to love Spirit. Spirit was great. Um Wild Bill was awesome. Ah, oh, I loved Wild Bill. Um Who was the radio guy? Communications guy. Dial Tone. That's it. Yeah. Who's played by a Mor- who, who they make him Moroccan in, in the movie. Which was cool. <laughs> but no, I I love Dial Tone. Um always found interesting uh the one guy who was the medic who used Aikido. What was his fighting style? doc not doc or lifeline lifeline was a pacifist so yeah it was lifeline he used the key his martial arts was akita which is where you use your opponent's energy against him mm. so yeah this stuff looks great uh also too all these stories tonight are coming from pop insider uh hasbro unveils hellfire club set and x-men legend more x-men legends and I'm going to say more because they also introduced a 20th anniversary Marvel Legends line. And it's the first time we get the sculpts that look like the actors who portrayed the characters in the X-Men series. Mm. So you get Wolverine, you get uh, Magneto and, and Xavier, and you get Mystique. And Mystique, it's the sculpt based on Rebecca Romaine obviously Hugh Jackman, mm. uh, Ian McKellen, and Sir Ian McKellen, and Sir Patrick Stewart. But it, they also have, where you can swap the heads out, of Xavier and McEdo to the Foss, Bender and, Ma- and McAvoy heads as well. Ah, oh, yeah. So, um, so with the Marvel Legend, this new, so not only with the 20th anniversary stuff, you're also getting, um, the, the biggest reveal out of this was it's going to run about 80 bucks on Hasbro Plus, uh, the Hellfire Club inspired set, which comes with Sebastian Shaw. Cool. Jean Grey slash Celine, Emma Frost, and Donald Pierce. Very cool. Uh, also, with that for fifty bucks, for fifty bucks, and it's available for pre-order now on Amazon. Actually, it's going for eighty bucks as well. Uh, Psylocke, Phantomax, and Nimrod. Mm. And Nimrod looks awesome. Mm. And he's big. It's a big boy. Uh, And then also, too, you were getting, um, to expand the X-Men 20th Anniversary Edition, two double figure packs, uh, Deadpool and Negasonic Teenage Warhead, and Old Old Man Logan and Old Man Hawkeye. Yes. I, That's cool. I'm not that concerned about the Logan, but man, I would love that old man Hawkeye. Oh, I want the old man Logan. Old man Hawkeye looks direct, looks like it came directly out of, uh, Ethan Sachs book. Mm. It, it just looks great. They, these are, these are awesome. Uh, to continue mm. on, um, I would do my daughter a, a disservice if I didn't bring this up. For you Harry Potter fans out there. Uh, there is oh a house competition game, house cup competition game that's now available. Um, oh, boy. It is. It's a board game. Uh, it's the newest title from U.S. Um And you can fulfill the dream of joining Gryffindor, Slytherin, Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff. And earn points towards winning the coveted house cup. In the game of two to four players, each player chooses which house they want to play as. And then they gain knowledge and magic to learn lessons and complete challenges to earn points. There are more than 500 game components in total, including a collectible house cup hourglass for tallying the points. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Um, did we talk about uh, hey, or have you watched the comedy sci-fi comedy series Other Space yet? Not yet. No. Oh, such a great series! Uh, it's finding a home on um, on Dust. And it's a sci-fi app called Dust. Hmm. Uh, apparently, Other Space originally aired on um, Yahoo Screen back in 2015 but was canceled after one season uh kind of when the platform went um so the the series takes place in 2105 ah, i see what they did there uh it follows a young inexperienced and highly flawed crew as they embark on a routine exploratory mission that goes terribly wrong um It was an interesting show. It was pretty pretty decent. Mm. Uh, It was done by director Paul Feig or Paul Paul Feig. Mm. Um, And then they have a San Diego Comic Con at home is this week. Here are the must have exclusives. is the OP is a board game company, and their exclusives are games as Monopoly Goonies Edition and Scooby Doo's Escape from Haunted Mansion and a SpongeBob SquarePants Trivial Pursuit. Hmm. Uh, Capcom has uh, pins P I N. In case I have an accent, or pin. Okay, pins, not pens um and they're exclusive uh you had the pin Fighter series or the monster Hunter series and it's uh, Megaman, uh Mega Man robot master series includes uh the doctor Willie pen in this set um uh, symbiote Studios has an Optimus prime plush it's available. Uh Mondo, it's virtual booth has um, a bunch of bunch of stuff. They say go go to their website mondoshop.com each day for all their exclusives. Amazon has something where you go for the boys and you could get free swag as long as it Really? Yeah, I haven't checked today to see if it's it's there today. Uh mm-hmm. Nations has a gorgeous blue Godzilla figure. And some Dragon Ball figures. Oh, wow. Uh, Icon Heroes has Captain Picard, Commander mm-hmm. Riker doing face palms. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, also, too, uh, is a no ghost pin um, and Vampironica, an Archie Comics Vampironica statue and helmets of the Top Gun pin set. Uh, mm-hmm. Rock Love Jewelry has a bunch of uh, Star Wars jewelry launching. Uh, Crepozoic Entertainment has a cosmic dragon ready to, uh, it's limited to 300 figures. Uh, Tonk Toys has um, a Baby Yoda tiki mug. Shot glass. It's actually a shot glass. <laughs> um, Diamond Select Toys has the uh, Vinamates, and it looks like in this there's the robot from Lost in Space, a Godzilla, a um, Rocketeer, and I don't recognize the other two. Um, Hot Wheels has a whole, with uh, in conjunction with Blizzard Entertainment as a um, bunch of overwatch uh hot wheels cars mm. so there's that and uh oh this was the other one disney shakes up the their movie calendar milan loses its oh milan loses its release date mm. uh after being moved a few times and the most recent was supposed to be october 21st or not october august 21st uh the movie has been delayed indefinitely just throw it on i understand it was supposed to be their big movie at this point in time, Disney Plus it. Yeah, really? Uh, on top of that, it's not the only one, only thing to be switched up. The Avatar and Star Wars sequels have been pushed back a year. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, Avatar is being pushed back a year. All their movies are being <laughs> pushed back a year, and it's not because of James Cameron this time. So mm-hmm. now Avatar 2 is set for December 16, 2022. 3, December 20, 20th, 2024. And Avatar four, if we make it that far to December eighteenth, twenty twenty six, and Avatar hmm. five for t- twenty twenty eight. I don't think we're going to get past three personally. We'll see. Two's going to happen. Three, I think, is going to be pushing it. Uh, now, the mm-hmm. new start, the the next Star Wars trilogy will start its journey around Christmas every year, starting in twenty twenty three. So they're going to stick with Christmas. Good. I think for the newer stuff, for the Disney era Christmas, they have proven for the Disney era Star Wars Christmas fits. Mm, I agree. Especially since they're pushing Marvel into the summers. Right. So, uh, so not everything is off the calendar for this year, though. Uh, new Mutants, which is supposed to be out August twenty eighth, of course, their uh, Comic Con dropped like a five minute clip of the film, which looks amazing. Mm-hmm. I because of this new clip, I'm kind of looking forward to this film. I'm not excited. I'm not excited. Really, but it's got my interest. Yeah, I'm. I'm still interested in seeing this. Whether or not it'll be any good, we'll right. see. But, but. You, but you know me; I, I was I've been hesitant, mm. but this new footage has caught my interest. I'm not I'm not at the excited mm. part stage yet. Maybe it's because <laughs> I'm still gun shy from DC and previous Fox-owned Marvel properties. Uh the mm. personal the personal history of David Copperfield has been pushed back. Also to August 28th. Oh, no. See, I'm still really not even sure what that movie's about. Me either. (laughs) Um, I I don't even know. Because I don't think it's based on David Copperfield, The Magician. I think it's based on the David Copperfield story by Charles Dickens. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. Let's check IMDb, shall we? A modern take on the child Charles Dickens classic tale of a young orphan who is able to triumph over many obstacles. Boom. Called it. Mm. Hate when I do that. <laughs> I was going to say, there's no way it could be about the magician. Uh, Death on the Nile has been pushed back to October 23rd. Black Widow, now November 6th. Soul... November 20th, Free Guy, December 11th and Steven Spielberg's adaptation of West Side Story, December 18th. Hmm. So, uh what do you think about that? Not surprising. I agree. I agree. Um some of the some of the stuff like you said, they should just like move on, release it on Disney Plus. I mean even I'd say even new mutants now. Just just release it on Disney Plus. Well, if they want to keep the R rating, mm. move it to Hulu. Yeah, right, yeah. I'd be okay with that. Right. So um yeah, I mean this this whole uh, this whole thing about um, the virus that should remain nameless. It, it's changing. Not only is it changing the world, but it's, you know, how we're doing things, but it is changing Hollywood. Yep. So I guess Hasbro had their Comic-Con booth or panel because they're showing a... Uh, on Reddit, someone showing a concept figure for ARC Trooper 5s in its Black Series. Mm. Okay, I'm just going to go to share screen so you can see this. There he is. Does that not say take my money now? <laughs> and why do mm. I not already have this? Uh, also in this, too, is uh, Heroes of Endorset. Okay, this I have. This oh, wow. This I knew about. Um, I think this is a story that I'm in the process of getting up on the website. Mm. Uh, but we're going to keep going down. Oh, Obi-Wan in the Mando armor. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That looks nice. That, oh my God, that that looks nice. Uh, saw's Ventress concept. Mm. This, that's, yeah, that, okay, this picture is the three and three quarter inch three pack I was telling you about. You got Jesse in the middle, mm. uh, Fives and Echo. Hmm. They look gorgeous. Yeah, they look absolutely gorgeous. And of course, here's the new packaging for uh, for the clone. And, and each each theming on the black series and the new black series packaging. I think we've got this up on Wookie Radio and uh, Weebie Geeks. Um, so for Clone Wars, they're gonna have one color base um rebels is going to be another color at the bottom and striping so each period in the star wars universe is going to be color-coded mm. which i think is pretty cool yeah uh so yeah it, it's um now we're just getting crazy with some of the stuff wait it's kotar sith trooper <laughs> that looks pretty sweet oh wow see that mm-hmm uh, that looks nice. Awesome. Um, I'm just going to leave it. Any any final thoughts? Uh, nope. I got nothing left. Such a weird year because of, you know, this technically is the geek new year you know, with mm-hmm. uh, with uh, San Diego. And, and it's just so weird. Uh, one, it's weird being able to attend this year. And, and, the, mm-hmm. and the fun part is they actually have badges that you could put your own name in and, and download. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. about printing them off, printing printing off mine. Because they also have a pet option. So they have attendee, professional, child, exhibitor, and pet. I'm just thinking about making the whole batch for Melissa, Zoe, myself, and my dog. Get them laminated somewhere and put them on tag. Yep, I was at Comic-Con for once. Not the actual building, but from home. So... So, yeah, Uh, again, we want to thank Dwight Turner for coming on. All his links are going to be in the show notes, so you can check that out. Um, Another great night. Another great show. Yeah. Our our second We Be Geeks for this week. So we hope you enjoyed our previous interview earlier this week. Yeah, I guess that reminded you. I need show notes for that one, too. (laughs) Uh, David Bigelow was on prior, prior to. That's the show before this one, talking about the return of the Orca can't wait you're gonna to have to tell me about that when you because you can actually go see it yep so that'll be awesome so uh you said you've got nothing else I guess not. nope I uh-huh. got I got one other thing to say want to know more
0: so The bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a
1: science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.
0: I've been authorized by Director Fury to use any means necessary to keep you on premises. If you attempt to leave or play any games, I will tase you and watch Super Nanny while you drool into the carpet.